Welcome to Building Insight, brought to you by the lawyers at Glayhold Bowles LLP. Building Insight is Canada's first podcast dedicated to construction law and dispute resolution. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, my name is Lena Wang and I'm a partner at Glayhold Bowles. With me today is Amir Goreshi, a lawyer at our firm. Today's topic is adjudication under the Construction Act in Ontario. Now that we are three years into the construction adjudication regime in Ontario, we are starting to see the number of adjudications increase, and we are starting to see court decisions regarding the conduct of adjudications increase. Today's podcast will review the status of adjudications under Ontario's Construction Act, as well as the most recent cases. This podcast is being recorded in December 2023. Thanks for the introduction, Lena. I think a good place to start would be to take a look at the 2021, 2022, and 2023 ODAC reports, which is a report that they release annually to sort of recap the year. We've looked at these reports. The first thing we've noticed is that the number of adjudications are growing year over year, almost doubling each year. In in 2021, we had 50 cases in adjudication. In 2022, it was 121. And in 2023, it's risen up to 269, so more than doubled. And we can see that with that growth, we also see the dollar amount of claims have, having increased year over year. Same with the average amount of claims. Now, what's also interesting is if you break this down into different sectors or project, being residential, commercial, industrial, public buildings, and transportation and infrastructure, the last two are one category. The one thing that we notice is that residential makes the highest percentage of the claims and adjudications. And in the previous year, this was followed by transportation and infrastructure. But in 2023, what's happened is commercial adjudications have risen. They've almost quadrupled in numbers. And so they're they're just below the residential section. What this tells me is that the adjudications are being used as intended. In in residential disputes, you know, typically being of smaller dollar figures, contractors, homeowners trying to get quick resolution, they seem to be using this the most. But now it's, it seems like commercial projects have also now caught on and, and that this is a good way to resolve disputes on a short-term, interim basis. So as it stands, residential and commercial now make up most of the adjudications. In other sectors, for example, transportation and infrastructure, the number of adjudications also grew, but the claims seem to be smaller. However, what's interesting is that in industrial and public building sector, the numbers still grew, but they're relatively low compared to the others, only in the in the low double digits. And moving on to the determinations that came out of these adjudications in 2023, 161 of the 269 adjudications that were commenced reached the determination this year. Obviously, the difference being that quite a number of these adjudications settled before reaching a determination, and a number of them, as reported by ODAC, the parties chose to pursue in a different way. Now, of the ones that did reach a determination, 65% of those determinations were reached within the statutory timeline, being about five or six weeks. So it shows that parties are successfully reaching an interim result within a quick time period. And then looking at the result of these determinations, obviously they're you know generalized, they're not reported case by case. But what we can see is, for example, in the residential section, out of the 90 adjudications that were started, 54 of them, being more than half, reached the determination. And it, the total amount of monies that were awarded and as a result of determinations is more than half of the total amount claimed in all of those notices. And the average is roughly the same. 
what that tells me is that it looks like parties and residential adjudications are being generally more successful in their claims because the average of the amount awarded seems to be very close to the average amount claimed. But in contracts, if you look at the commercial section, despite almost more than half of those adjudications having reached a determination, the number is almost half. It looks like the parties in those disputes are not being as successful. Now, one reason for this could be that commercial disputes are more complex and adjudications are intended to be quick and efficient. The documentary record is not as extensive, so maybe the parties are not able to fully substantiate their claims in this type of disputes and the adjudicator cannot determine on a whole basis whether the entire claim should be successful and therefore that could be a possible reason for why the awards are lower than in the residential sector. Yeah, and I think just speculating here, another reason why you could be seeing less recovery for claims in the commercial sector is that the parties, generally speaking, tend to be more sophisticated. And so you could have a sophisticated payer who has followed the rules and, you know, has not paid for reasons that are, you know, we'll call it more legitimate, perhaps, than in another sector like the residential sector. And so that could be reflected in the the percentage of the recoveries in that sector as opposed to residential. Yeah, I agree. It could definitely be the case that potentially in in residential properties, sometimes as it happens, parties just don't pay for for reasons that may be less arguable or defendable. But in commercial, you know, parties at least generally are expected to act reasonably in disputes. So maybe that has an effect on how these determinations are arrived at. So the first case we're going to talk about today is the case of Anatolia Tile and Stone Inc. versus Flowrite Inc., And it's a case released in March 2023. The citation is 2023 ONSC 1291, and it's a case from the Divisional Court. This case is about the test to be applied for leave for judicial review of an adjudicator's decision under the Construction Act. So as we know, adjudications are provided for, and there are no appeals from adjudicators' determinations, only judicial review. Judicial review is allowed and a party must apply for leave for judicial review. Before this case, before Anatolia, there have been no guidance on the test for leave for judicial review under the Construction Act. In this case, the court considered the you know, fairly arguable case passed and rejected it. And one reason the court rejected it is that adjudication, as we've talked about already, is interim binding and not a finally binding determination. So in this case, the court held that the test for leave in a judicial review of an adjudicator's order is analogous to the test for leave to appeal an interlocutory order of a judge. So in particular, the moving party must show that either there's good reason to doubt that the impugned decision is reasonable, or there's good reason to believe that the process followed by the adjudicator was unfair in a manner that probably affected the outcome, and either that the impact of the unreasonableness or the procedural unfairness probably cannot be remedied in other litigation or arbitration between the parties, or the proposed application raises issues of principle important to the prompt payment and adjudication provisions of the Construction Act that transcend the interests of the parties in the immediate case, such that the issues ought to be settled by the divisional court. So this being a conjunctive test, that means the parties must show first one of the two options from the either and then one of the two from the and either. And what the court has really done by saying this is the test to be applied is that it's emphasized that it will not easily interfere with the adjudication regime. Court will rarely grant leave for judicial review because this test is 
is a very stringent test. And the court said this makes sense because of the interim nature of the adjudication. So even if there had been unfairness in the procedure, it probably can be remedied in other litigation or arbitration between the parties. Um, I agree with that, Lena. I think if you particularly look at the in the and either portion of the test, the first one, the impact of unreasonableness cannot be remedied in litigation. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of adjudications is you get an interim result. And if you don't like it, you pursue other remedies via litigation. So I think it'll be very difficult to show that even if a result was unreasonable or unfair, that it can't be remedied. The other case that came out this year on adjudications is the case of Arad Incorporated versus Rejali et al. And this case was interesting because it dealt with whether an adjudicator's determination can be used as a basis to return money that's been paid into court as a security for lien. The background facts are essentially that a homeowner or a contractor entered into a contract for some work on a residential property. Some disputes arose. The contractor leaned the property. The owner vacated it by posting security into court. And then both the homeowner and contractor brought adjudications against each other. These were later consolidated and heard together. In essence, they were both saying the other party owed them money. The adjudicator determined that neither party owed the other any money, basically, and just walk away. After that, the homeowner brought a motion in front of the Ontario Superior Court for a return of the security that it had paid into court. And the basis of that request was that the adjudicator has determined there's no money owed, there's no need for my money to be held up in court. Now, the judge looked at this, and while under the act, it says that determinations can be used as evidence. It is up to the court to decide how much weight to give to that determination. This is mainly because the determinations are interim and do not end the proceedings. So the judge here wanted to be careful with how much weight he put on this determination. The judge says that the test for this motion under Section 44.5 of the Act is similar to a summary judgment motion with some changes. The court was not satisfied on the basis of the determination alone that no money was going to be owed and therefore the security in court should be paid back. And this was because the determination was based on the opinions of the adjudicator as an engineer and it was also based on non-admissible evidence. And the court also said that if we reduce the security posted into court at this point to zero so early in the litigation, it would essentially prejudice the lien claim. And the whole purpose of the adjudication is to keep money flowing, not to determine legal rights. And you know that's what in fact would happen if the court decided that money should be paid back. Now, based on reading this, it is possible that the court would decide differently had the plaintiff led more evidence as to why the money paid into court should be returned. But what they did is essentially they only relied on the determination of the adjudicator. Had they led more evidence as to why there's no money owing, maybe they would have been more successful. And secondly, had the determination awarded some money to the lien claimant, I think then that would have been grounds to return at least a portion of that security because then you would be doubly secured. Yeah. I think that's right, Amir. If the determination results in money exchanging hands, and, and not just if the determination orders it, but if the one party actually does pay it, then I think a motion like this to reduce security that's already paid into court would succeed. Otherwise, I think it will be very, very unlikely for a judge hearing this issue on a motion to make that determination. What the party is essentially asking for here is just a, a trial, a, you know, a final and binding trial of the issue, which 
this is not. This is a motion under Section 44. Yeah, I think it would be just based on what adjudications are intended to do. It would be difficult to have like that sort of determination to determine any any sort of like legal rights. I mean, the whole purpose of the adjudication is that they're interim binding without prejudice and then trying to use that determination to actually determine a legal right with prejudice would be a stretch. Let's say that. And I think based on what we discussed, some of the key takeaways is just looking at the numbers across the board is that adjudications are starting to catch on. Numbers of claims and the amount of claims are essentially doubling across the board and quadrupling in, in case of commercial projects. And the most use here is still in the residential sector. It seems like that parties that are less, let's say, excited to litigate anything, they're using this adjudication to arrive at a quick decision. And it looks like they're being successful across the board, at least in residential. I think another Another takeaway is that, as we've seen this year and as we've seen in the past year in decisions released by the court, that courts will give a lot of leeway and a lot of deference to the determinations made by adjudicators. Courts are not keen to interfere with adjudication, and it will be difficult to mount a challenge and to set aside a determination because, first, the test for leave for judicial review is stringent. Second, the grounds for judicial review, as enumerated in the Act, are fairly limited. And so it is a high bar for a party to meet in order to successfully set aside a determination. I agree, Lena. And I think the other side of that, and maybe this is the third takeaway here, is that courts will give a lot of deference to determinations, will not interfere with them, but they're also wary of allowing those determinations to affect the legal rights of parties. And that's because, you know, determinations and adjudications are intended to be quick, interim, binding, and without prejudice. So the courts are little careful and letting those essentially affect the party's legal rights without like proper process. Thanks for listening. We will be interested to see how adjudication continues in Ontario. And certainly now, as more provinces in Canada have introduced prompt payment adjudication, and we will check back in on this topic in the near future. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit glayholt.com for more information. If you have any questions, email us at info at We look forward to having you join us again.